This is episode 473 of the AWS podcast, released on September 19, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back with our special series of African stories. I'm joined firstly by Clive Charlton, who's one of our senior SA managers here at AWS. G'day, Clive. Hi there, Simon. Thanks very much for having us again. I'm looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, this will be fun. And we're joined by a very special guest. We're joined by Ian Lester, who is the CEO of Beyond Wireless in South Africa. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Simon. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for, for coming on board and, uh, and sharing your story with us. So firstly, let's uh, you know, talk to our global audience. So tell us a little bit about your, your organization and what it does. The organization's name is uh, Beyond, uh, and we're an IoT solutions provider, uh, focusing very broadly on using the power and reach of the Internet of Things to solve the problems of human health and well-being. That's amazing. So that's a really uh, meaningful and, in, in many cases, life-changing work. Oh, indeed, and I think you know, in, in the world in which we live today, you know, in, in the middle of a COVID pandemic, I, I think the opportunity here for technology to really play a part to you know, streamline and optimize processes to make sure that we can solve this problem of the pandemic, I think that's a, an interesting and exciting opportunity, particularly here in, uh, in the developing world. Mm. Now, now, tell us more broadly about, about um, Beyond's mission and, and the problems it's trying to solve, because, you know, you, you created this organization. Clearly, you had some, some pretty strong ideas in mind. Sure. I, mean, I think it's really been an evolution more than a, like all businesses. I, I think you start off with a particular vision and plan in mind and, and, and then life happens uh, and it leads you down a path. But I think the, the role that we like to play is to you know, use technology to solve important, impactful problems. Uh, and more specifically, recently in terms of cold chain, yeah, you know, that has always been the bread and butter of Beyond's business. You know, way back, sort of 15 years ago, we started monitoring temperature for biological, starting here with the South African National Blood Service, making sure that blood would stay at the right temperature. And you know, that that then led us on a long and winding path where we met up with the WHO and subsequently the United Nations Children Fund. Yeah, and today our technology is used to solve the problems of cold chain to make sure that vaccines you know, stay cold throughout the length of that supply chain, all the way from the manufacturers right through to the clinics where ultimately these products are dispensed uh, you know, and given to patients. So really as a business, our, our mission is to use this technology to, to, to make an impact yeah, and, and, and make a contribution to the world. And I think you know, what we've learned over the many years is that if you solve important problems, you know, not only is it important to do that from a, a social perspective, but it also happens to be very good business. So uh, yeah, we're very fortunate in the sense that you know, we, we, we see these challenges and we have the ability to, to solve them with African solutions. I think that's interesting because, you know, that, that local experience is really important. And, and before we started recording, we were comparing notes, me being an Australian, you being a South African, is that, uh, is that I think both our countries understand the concept of heat. And uh, many, many areas of the world don't have quite the degree of heat that we have. And uh, a lot of your solutions make a difference. But, you know, I, I can't speak to the locality of South Africa, but my good friend Clive can. So, Clive, do you want to take it from here? Yeah, thank you, Simon. Um, and uh, yeah, and it sounds like you've been on on an amazing journey. But what do you think makes your market in South Africa and the challenges you face unique? 
Yeah, so as Simon was was saying earlier, I think the challenges of, of heat are an obvious one. Yeah, Africa and Australia are both extremely hot, and uh, certainly in parts of Africa, extremely humid. Uh, I think the challenges that we face, very broadly speaking, relate to you know, the fact that power is unreliable, infrastructure is often you know, outdated and, and and in need of maintenance or replacing. And then, of course, you know, the challenge of of access and and often in many cases, skills are, are a challenge as far as Africa is, is concerned. And I, I think what what that leads us to is, you know, often we view these things as as problems. And, and while they are, you know, simultaneously, there are also opportunities in the sense that, you know, when you have problems, not only are you able to you know, face them and, and, and devise methods in which to solve these challenges, uh, but I, I think you know, these problems present us with unique opportunities. And there are several examples you know, throughout Africa where IoT developed in this continent, primarily because we see the challenge in a way that perhaps our competitors and others who are in this space, in the IoT space broadly, we see challenges that other people never even have to consider. You know, you know like for example, power failures happening several times a week, or in some cases in, in parts of Africa, several times a day. So I think the challenges that we face present us with some unique opportunities to solve them. Yeah, and and the beauty of of technology is that you know literally the the sky is the limit, and the imagination is our only limitation. So if we see the problem and we can address it with technology, I think that's an exciting opportunity. Absolutely, and and uh, hear what you say about opportunities. We've seen the similar kind of leapfrog in mobile networks and and access that have taken those opportunities. What makes you uniquely poised to tackle these challenges? Do you think? I think you know, the answer to this question is sort of you know, starts off with the previous question, which you know, what are the challenges that face Africa? And I, I, I think that South Africa, particularly, yeah, and there are other, other other examples throughout the continent, is quite unique in the sense that it's this hybrid of you know, a first world economy embedded in a developing world country, you know, where we're faced with all of these challenges, we see them every single day, and we're we're almost you know, compelled. Uh, and required to solve them. So I think what makes us unique is the sense that you know this isn't theoretical for us. We live here. This is our home, uh, and we're forced to solve these problems and have a unique understanding of how we can solve them. I think others who are in this space often, and they certainly hear of the problem, but they don't have that sort of, uh, let's call it instinctive understanding of what it is because it's largely theoretical. So I think for us as a business, the fact that we are an African business, we're based on the continent, we live here, the fact that we we are those things, I think makes us uniquely positioned to understand it in a way that others perhaps do not. You know, and, and I'll use one example you know, without getting into the specifics of product, but you know, just coming back to the issue of power. Um, you know, when you talk about technology, power is part and parcel of that. But we realized through years of experience and, you know, and, and literally bumping our head up against the concrete wall, uh, that you know, because you can't rely on power, and even when you have power, you know the the challenges there are the power might be dirty, and and spikes and brownouts are often catastrophic for electronic equipment. So we developed, and and uniquely so, we developed a capability where using a single D-cell lithium chloride battery, we're completely off the grid for up to five years without the need to recharge or replace that battery. So instead of trying to build technology that would require electricity from a mains grid or even solar panels for that matter. And solar panels, again, a unique challenge throughout the African continent is that solar panels are valuable commodities and often theft of panels and batteries are are a challenge. So not needing mains and not needing a solar panel, but being able to run on a single battery for up to five years 
you know, those are the kind of innovations that that we've come up with. And I think it's purely because we've we've been faced with the problem of unreliable power, theft of infrastructure. So we say, well, how can we solve those two problems and develop a technology that is not dependent on either one of them? So again, I think if you ask the question, what makes us you know, uniquely poised to tackle this? And I think it's largely the fact that we live with these problems on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, you know, we're, we, we come up with solutions to solve them. Well, that sounds fantastic, Ian, and and um, exactly that. You know, having having to live with these problems day to day, you really understand the nature of the problem, and it really gives you a leg up to to solving them. What potential does cloud technology and your organisation present? Do you think to stimulate the South African and the African economy? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, cloud is is truthfully at the centre of of all of that. You know what. What cloud offers is is just the ability to instantly scale. You know, the, the previous barriers as far as information technology is concerned, you know, prior to you know the the concept of cloud, uh, you know, meant that a lot of infrastructure needed to be installed in country. Yeah, you know, and and you know, once you're installing equipment in country, yeah, you know, then you need the skills, the people, the, you know, the real estate. Coming back to power, you need reliable power. All of these things are barriers to entry as far as technology is concerned. And I think what what cloud has done is it's completely simplified that uh, that that requirement, where now you can literally be everywhere instantaneously. And as the business model grows and as additional capacity is required, the elastic nature of cloud means that organizations, regardless of what sphere they're in, are able to deploy very, very quickly and scale very, very quickly without having to make that massive upfront investment in terms of equipment and, and, and infrastructure, and equally so you know, an investment in the people that need to run that. So I think the opportunities for cloud and, and certainly as far as economic growth and development is concerned is you know, comes back to that core obvious you know, objective of almost instantaneous scale and the ability to, to grow your environment as your business grows at a very low cost you know, barrier to entry. So I think those are the obvious ones for us. And certainly our experience as our business has evolved over time, you know, starting off with our own servers, you know, having to face all the challenges that that brought with it, you know, and then eventually moving over to, to a cloud environment. I think uh, you know, we've, we're, we're first-hand experience of exactly you know, the reasons why this, uh, this technology makes sense. And Ian, did it, did it make a difference to you as an organization to, to have a cloud that was, was in the continent. Um, you know, the, there's often appeal to reach outside uh, to, to take advantage of sort of more reliable power, et cetera, but having a, a high quality offering, did that change the, the dynamics for you in terms of trusting the, the ability to use the cloud to bring data together and to, to analyze it? Yeah, I, I think yeah, there's two sides to that. The one, the one is the infrastructure itself. And of course, you know, AWS's investment in, in South Africa is significant and, and well-documented. So we were extremely excited when, you know, when we heard that AWS was deploying locally. You know, but aside, aside from the infrastructure, which quite clearly is world-class, you know, the, the, the other thing which, frankly, I, and I'll, I'll be completely honest, surprised us, was not only you know, the infrastructure, but the access to the people. You know, when, you, when you think of an organization the size of AWS, you know, your natural instinct is, well, geez, you know, these guys are too big. You know, how are we going to get hold of anybody? You know, how are they going to support us? And you know, what, what really did blow us away was the, the personal touch that an organization the size of AWS have brought to our business you know, and the interaction, the one-on-one engagement with us, the, the willingness and, and literally going 
you know, above and beyond the call as far as assisting us and on, on helping us structure our environment correctly to support our growth objectives going forward. So I think I think you know, number one, the infrastructure is great having that locally. Yeah, I, I think the obvious statement is that you know what cloud brings is it doesn't really matter where your infrastructure sits. Uh, yeah, and and for us as a business, we deployed in seventy six countries. So you know whether the infrastructure sat you know internationally or locally, truthfully, the service was identical, and that was you know, was you know great to know. But I think for us, the access to people, uh, their skills, their knowledge, and their willingness to share that to help us grow our business, you know, th- those were um, you know, truthfully very surprising and and very refreshing to deal with an organization the size of AWS on a level that really made it quite personal. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'll, I'll get Clive to talk to you a bit more about that local experience shortly, but I wanted, Dean, if we could dive back a little bit into uh, the, the cold cloud technology that you touched on earlier on. And and for, for some of our audiences, you know, it's, it's always fascinating hearing about different solutions. What does cold cloud and beyond cold cloud bring to, bring to the table in terms of how you manage that supply chain and, and monitor and control those temperature fluctuations? Sure. So cold cloud is essentially a web-based cold chain management platform that allows our partners, you know, the likes of UNICEF, the International Committee for the Red Cross, the World Health Organization, as well as the Pan American Health Organization, those are our biggest customers. You know, it enables them to remotely monitor the cold chain and, and most particularly the vaccine cold chain without you know, repeating the earlier point around COVID. You know, nothing quite literally could be more relevant than it is today. You know, we, we all have been speaking about vaccines yeah, and, and the world is currently chasing vaccines and you know, equitable vaccine suppliers is on everybody's lips is how do we get vaccines into many of these poorer countries who haven't got the advantages that you know perhaps more organized countries like yours, uh, you know, Simon, who, who've done particularly well in this space. But cold chain is an integral part of successful immunization. Yeah, you know, without a cold chain, you can't move the product. And we've we've seen throughout the world, and I think the COVID vaccine has made this significantly more complex when you Consider products like Pfizer, which need to be stored you know, at minus 70 or below. Some need to be stored at minus 20, others between 2 and 8 degrees Celsius. So when you consider this cold chain that now needs to be significantly expanded to support the, the COVID rollout, it becomes even more imperative to make sure that the vaccine that moves through that cold chain stays at the right temperature. Because if it doesn't, you know, the risk is that that product could be compromised. And if it's compromised, it might not be effective. And then we end up in this you know, unvirtuous loop of constantly being stuck in the state of, of, of pandemic and lockdown, which is bad for, for humanity and, of course, bad for economies. So what our system does is it allows our customers via our IoT platform you know, to remotely monitor the cold chain throughout its length. So from the manufacturer all the way through you know, the national depots, the regional depots, uh, in the trucks that deliver those products, right down to the clinics and even further where, you know, for example, when we're doing outreach programs or, or healthcare workers are doing outreach programs where they're putting vaccines in cooler boxes and there's some amazing technology in the cooler box space now where you've got active refrigerators that are highly mobile that can be taken to the point of need and able to retain cold chain for extended periods of time and be able to track that not only in terms of temperature, but also location. So what our product does is allows our partners, you know, healthcare providers, NGOs, government agencies, you know, clinic groups, et cetera, to track that cold chain in real time to make sure that the product that leaves the manufacturer arrives at the end user and that the cold chain has been maintained throughout that length. So, so that, is, that is the problem that we solve. 
in terms of just giving visibility of that cold chain. And again, coming back to cloud, none of that would be possible without cloud computing because the very nature of the technology means you need to be able to put that data in the hands of people who might not even necessarily be sitting in an office. So you know, when, when you talk about cloud, we extend that out to even mobile devices that are accessing that data via an app or via a browser on their on their phones. Is It's the whole idea of taking literally billions of data records from around the world, putting that onto a server environment and then sharing it very quickly and very effectively with those who need to get that information to make sure that the cold chain is, is successful in delivering products at the right temperature. No, it's, it's an absolutely fascinating use case and a great combination of, uh, of technology in places that technology doesn't always like to live as well. So it's a, it really is an interesting one. So coming back to you, Clive, we talked a bit about the launch of the uh, AWS Africa Cape Town region and the fact that it wasn't just that there was a region, but there were people there. Uh, you and your team available for our customers. What were some of the, the challenges or problems that, that our team was able to help them with early on? In, in South Africa, um, some of the primary questions we, we got asked to help with early on was around government policy and data residency. Now, while the law doesn't prevent data from leaving the South African borders, the Protection of Personal Information Act, or PAPIR, does expect certain controls in place when you know, dealing with citizen data and in particular healthcare-related data. So having a region in Cape Town really assisted uh, South African South African customers in, in, in particular with this regard. The other area where it was really helpful to have a region in Africa, and which is one of the prime reasons we launched the region in Africa, was latency. Uh, now, latency is the delay between um, requesting devices and the responding receivers, uh, often measured in, in milliseconds. And latency is unavoidable due to the way networks communicate with each other. And it depends on several aspects of the network, which can vary when any one of them change. And having physical data centers in Africa really shortens the distance between the requester and the receiver. And that really has a positive impact on users' experience with the cloud. It definitely, definitely makes a difference. Clive, thanks so much for coming on the show today and sharing with us some of those stories. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Simon. And Ian, thank you so much for sharing the story of Beyond and all the great work you've been doing. Thank you, Simon. It's uh, been a pleasure chatting to you guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.